You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society. Let's get started. We are on episode number 25, and today's topic is about caring for the caregiver. And I think pretty much everyone who probably listens to this podcast is in some way or not a caregiver. Most of you are parents. We are skewed heavily with our demographics as female, and and many people who listen are mothers or are parents in some way. And whether or not you're actively in the trenches with brand new babies in the house, or you're sort of in the middle of your parenting career, or you're an empty nester, it's really hard to just sort of turn off that kind of caregiving part of your identity and and who you are. And a lot of the, the women that I work with, not only are they parents, but many of them are in sort of caregiver professions. So they're teachers or they're nurses. I have some social workers that I've worked with. And I'm recently, I'm uh, gearing up right now to sort of re- launch the Simple Shortcuts to Peace course for the spring and for the summer months. And I'm going to be doing some live webinars teaching the masterclass. And you can sign up and get all of the information at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. But what's interesting is in the beginning few slides, I talk about what is this masterclass about and who is this masterclass for? And I pretty much always say that whether or not you're a parent or whether or not you're a mom, the the people that I primarily work with sort of self-identify as a caregiver. And usually what that means is unfortunately that you end up neglecting your own needs and desires because you are super busy taking care of others' needs and others' wants and others' desires. And so you sort of put yourself on the back burner. And after a while, you just get a little burnt out and you might start feeling resentful and you might start regretting the the hours and the time and the energy that you're pouring into other people instead of taking care of yourself. And if you're a nurse or a teacher or a social worker, along with being a parent, you're just going to find that you are utterly exhausted and you're kind of walking around feeling like Fabergé egg, like this sort of fragile, hollow being. And eventually you'll end up cracking. And so that's what we're going to talk about today because I don't want that to happen to you. And I want to sort of help you ward that off so then you don't end up 
coming to some sort of breaking point or being diagnosed with an illness or having something monumental happen in your family and you realize you no longer can be doing the things that you've been doing and and something's got to give. And I don't want that something that gives to be you, to be your own health and, and your own um, kind of happiness and feeling at peace in both your physical and mental health. So not everybody wants to be a caregiver. Sometimes people just sort of find themselves in this situation through happenstance, such as taking care of an elderly parent or an injured or a sick spouse. And not everybody is a natural caregiver. Even if you are a parent and you decided and you planned and you saved and you're very methodical, you're like, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to have kids now and I'm ready for this. But it doesn't mean necessarily that caregiving comes naturally for you. And and that is okay. I happen to be a natural caregiver. And I think I probably always have been. Um, From a very young age, I had an elaborate doll and stuffed animal collection and I anthropomorphized them to to bits and pieces. Um, I also had a Super Bowl collection and I built a house for my Super Bowls and there was a mom Super Bowl and a dad Super Bowl and baby Super Bowls and I would take them out in the yard and I would exercise them by bouncing as high as they could go and it really doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> I was probably a, a bit of an oddball, but but that is just who I happen to be. I mean, to this day, I, if I walk, uh, I'm taking Sheldon for a walk and I see worms out on the sidewalk, I always stop to save the worms. So it's just who I am and it's in my nature. But if that's not who you are and it's not in your nature, that is okay. And there's nothing wrong with you. But you still can get absolutely burnt out by being a caregiver, regardless of whether or not you want to be one, or you're just sort of found that you're kind of shoved into this situation. And sometimes it is societal norms, it's gender sort of pigeonholing, and it's just sort of expectations that have been thrown on you, regardless of of your cultural norms or societal norms or your gender. So chances are, if you're not a natural caretaker, you probably have a profession that isn't one that caters to taking care of people. If you're not a natural caregiver, chances are you're not going to choose to be a teacher or a nurse or a social worker or something like that. And it just wouldn't be a good fit. But regardless of whether or not you classify yourself, if you find yourself in this role, such as taking care of an elderly parent or an injured spouse or um, someone sick in the family. If you don't take care of yourself, you're just going to end up burning out. It's inevitable. And if you aren't careful, your own health, both your physical and your mental health, is going to start to deteriorate. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So there's an interesting kind of psychological theory when it comes to caregivers and whether or not you put yourself first. And it's called the self-abandonment cycle. And so you find yourself over-giving and then under-receiving. And then 
you just sort of perceive that there's this imbalance and this imbalance comes out and you find yourself sort of maybe lashing out in anger or resentment or protest behavior. And then after you do express this anger or sort of explosive emotions, you end up feeling guilty and then you overcompensate to get rid of this guilt. Maybe you start buying elaborate presents. Maybe you start doing more and more and you're trying to make up for sort of your outburst. And then it just sort of starts all over again. You're giving, giving, giving and not receiving. You perceive this imbalance. And then all of a sudden you're at your tipping point and you lash out or you get cranky or just something happens. And then you feel guilty because all of a sudden you've expressed this anger and you've lashed out in sort of this inappropriate manner. And and quite honestly, you're embarrassed. And so then you start overcompensating again. It just goes on and on in sort of this vicious cycle. So talk to me. Tell me. Did you hear a little bit of yourself in there? Did any of this sort of ring true to you? Because if you aren't fully fulfilled from the inside and you're caring for others either out of choice or out of necessity or obligation, you will end up resentful and miserable and you will start lashing out. And this is especially true if you are someone who sort of enjoys playing the martyr role. Maybe you volunteer for the school book fair or the PTA bake sale, even though you don't really want to, even though you're already really tired, even though you've already done enough and it's okay for somebody else to have a turn. You find yourself raising your hand or filling out the survey and volunteering yourself. And you may think or hope that it looks like from the outside that you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart and the kindness of your heart. But just kind of stop for a second and take a step back and really slow down and think about it. Are you doing this now from the kindness of your heart? Or are you doing it because you really secretly kind of want gold stars and recognition and praise from others? So think about that. Do a little bit of self-reflection. Because the fact is, when you are filled from the inside, you're fully filled from the inside, you do not need validation from the outside. So I'm going to repeat that. I want you to really think about it. When you are filled, fully fulfilled, fulfilled from the inside, you will not need any sort of validation from the outside. You will already feel worthy. You will already feel fulfilled. You will be a-okay with just sitting on the couch and relaxing and, and being at one with yourself. So we've all heard the saying that you cannot pour from an empty cup. And this is absolutely true. You've got to take care of yourself and your needs and rest is not something that you need to earn. Rest and charging your batteries are a basic human need for both physical and brain health. 
So don't feel like you have to go, 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 go. And then when things slow down, then you'll rest. No, that is a recipe for disaster. It is a recipe for burnout. You need to put into your schedule rest and downtime and decide I am a-okay with accomplishing only one or two things every day. And that is it because I am busy taking care of another human and meeting the needs of another human. And as long as you're moving forward, teeny tiny baby steps count. You do not need to feel like you have to be superhuman or superwoman each and every day. You are not a spreadsheet. Just keep on moving forward in teeny tiny steps. And the best way to do that is to fully, fully recharge your battery. So I don't know, there was some sort of saying that it was like, you don't let your your phone get to only 3% before you recharge it. When it gets down to, I don't know, 25%, 30%, many people just decide, huh, I'm going to recharge. So think of yourself in that way. And, and don't let yourself get fully depleted before you give yourself permission to rest. Rest is not something you need to earn. Okay. When it comes right down to it, we all just want to climb into bed each night feeling calm, content, and at peace. We want to know that we were able to keep all the balls in the air and were productive without neglecting our own needs and wants. I know. I get it. That is why I recorded a free masterclass on the 10 things happy, successful people do each and every day, and I'd love for you to join us. Learn simple and practical tips to reclaim the sanity and joy in your home and family at stephanieoday.com forward slash masterclass. So let's get to it then. Let's figure out how to keep you whole and healthy while you take care of others so you don't find yourself depleted and worn out and then resentful of the people that you actually are taking care of and the people that you care about. So first off, accept help. You don't have to do it all alone. Yes, perhaps, maybe, (laughs) if you cleaned the kitchen, it might be cleaner than if you let your kids clean the kitchen. But who cares? Let it go. Accept the help. Be prepared with a list of ways that other people can help you if they ask. And let the helper choose what he or she would like to do. For instance... Maybe a friend says, hey, I want to bring you food this week or I want to make a dinner for you. Say yes and say, great, Wednesday is lasagna night. This is my favorite recipe. Send them the recipe. There you go. If your friend or or someone is offering help, but it's not a home-cooked meal, then say, great, we have a standing... uh, Favorite order at Chipotle. This is what it is. It'd be great if you could pick it up for me. So accept the help graciously. But it's okay to protect your boundaries. It's okay to say, you know, we've got some food allergies and I really don't want Stouffer's mac and cheese. But if you could pick up some salads from Panera, that would be great. So have a list at the ready so then you're not thinking or trying to think quickly on your feet when someone is offering help. 
When it comes to caregiving, focus on what you're able to provide. And don't feel like you have to do absolutely everything. And it's okay and it's normal to feel guilty that perhaps you're not fulfilling every last bitty, bitty bit of everything. Remember, it's okay to delegate and it's okay to seek extra help. This is not all on you. We've got plenty of apps now. We've got plenty of services. We, we've got DoorDash. We've got Uber Eats. We've got all of these different things, which is at Angie's List and caregiver.com. There, there's, there's apps for everything. You, the dog can get outsourced. There, there's lots of different things. You need to set realistic goals and, and break large tasks into smaller steps that you can do one at a time. So if, for instance, you're caregiving for someone and all of a sudden you realize that you need to fully take charge of all of the decision-making for that one person, break it down. Break it down in tiny little steps. And you don't need to do everything and fix everything in one day. Also, if you are caregiving for someone and this is all of a sudden a new injury or a new illness, and because of this, not only is their life trajectory altered, if you're caring for a spouse or you're caring for a parent or you're caring for a child, and all of a sudden your life trajectory has been altered, I would like for you to take the time to acknowledge that it's okay for you to grieve and to heal. And sometimes when we're in go-go mode and we're acting in quick, like adrenaline, we're forgetting that we might be kind of bummed. Like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden so-and-so is sick and I need to take care of them. And that's not what I had planned. This means that now my life is sort of upended and uprooted. And those are real feelings. And those are valid thoughts to have. And it's okay to process them and provide enough time for you to heal and to grieve. One of the best ways to do it is to find others who are in your same sort of situation. So join a support group, um, get connected. There's a group for absolutely everything on Facebook. When I was home and my kids were really little, I was very into attachment parenting, parenting groups. And I, I was a young mom and I wanted other people to talk to other people who were parenting the same way I was. And I couldn't find them in my own pocket of, of our neighborhood. People assumed I was the nanny or the babysitter. So I found an amazing group of women online and we supported each other. And I touched base with them, I don't know, a dozen times a day. And, and we would message each other and we would write on a message board. And it felt so validating to know that I was not alone. And that is a major takeaway that I really want to embark on you, is no matter what you are going through, it is not completely uncharted territory. You, you are not Magellan <laughs> sailing the seas and, and finding a new world and a new land. There have absolutely been people who have been there, done that, or who, or who are in the same situation you're currently in. So find them, lean on them, ask questions, offer support to them, because that'll also help you feel good. 
I don't want you to give up on your own personal goals and your own health goals when you're taking the time to take care of somebody else. So you still need to sort of plot your own GPS. So remember we were talking about the in the five steps to slow living, number two is to program your own GPS. So yes, there are times and there are seasons of life when it seems like everything pauses or stops because you're kind of thrown into something and you're in triage mode. And triage mode is fine. So you can call it triage mode, you can call it firefighting mode. When you are in a very, very crazy, busy season, sometimes your own personal goals and your own health goals may get kind of shoved aside for a little bit. But if you're in a long-term caregiving capacity, you've got to circle back and you need to have something to look forward to and you need to really sort of make forward progress and gain momentum on your own goals and your, and your own personal health. And that's both physical and mental. And when it comes to goals, if, if you have this idea, then start circling back and, and make some forward progress of it. Otherwise, you're going to end up being resentful of the person you're caring for or resentful of others who have not set their goals aside the way you have. Find a way to put your own physical needs first, which is insanely tricky, especially if you go by the definition of a caregiver as putting someone else's needs first. So I want you to maybe not decide to put your needs first as much as you decide that you're not going to completely neglect them. So nurses and teachers (laughs) it's kind of had this running joke that they forget to drink water and they forget to pee. And, and that absolutely happens. If you're busy in the classroom or you're a nurse on the floor for 12 hours, it's easier to actually not drink water and not stay hydrated because then you don't have to pause and you don't have to take a break to pee. I would like for you to sort of shift that and decide no on the 45 minute mark, I am going to have six to eight ounces of water, no matter what. And so at least once an hour, I'm going to stop and I'm going to take a drink of water. And even if that means in 30 minutes or 40 minutes, I have to use the restroom. I'm going to do that. I am going to love myself enough to properly hydrate and properly urinate. And it sounds silly, but it's absolutely true. You have got to take care of of your food and your water and your sleep intake. The, the same way we wouldn't deprive an animal we're caring for of food and water and adequate rest. I don't want you to deprive yourself of that either. And then the last thing I want to kind of touch base on is respite care. And the term respite sort of comes from if you're caring for an elderly patient or someone with a, a long illness and it is taking some time off and reward. I don't want to use the word rewarding, but it's, it's sort of like a planned time where you're not going to do anything, but, but rest and recharge and take care of yourself. One of the women I worked with is Suzette and Suzette has 
a special needs son, and she really pointed out the importance of respite care and coming to peace with the idea that this is who I am. This is my role. My role is to take care of this this person no matter what. But in order for me to do that, I have got to get away sometimes. I have got to only be responsible for me. And maybe that means hiding in the master bedroom for a whole day, for half a day. Maybe it means taking a long bath and and turning up the radio so the rest of the house is sort of drowned out. You know what will work for you and for the ages and stages of the people you're taking care of and for your own personal um, sort of life right here and now. Also, if you have littles in the house and the idea of getting six, seven, eight, nine hours of sleep sounds so far-fetched that you can't even imagine that it's on the realm of possibilities or will ever be in your horizon, please know it is. I, I promise there will be a day soon <laughs> where they will be in middle school and high school and they will be teenagers who sleep in and you will all of a sudden wake up on a Sunday morning and it will be 8.30 and you will be astonished, but it will happen. And it sounds sort of hallmark card to enjoy the moment you're in and trust forward, just sort of trust that the sleep you crave and the time you crave will appear. But I I really do promise you that it will. Okay, that is it for me for today. And I hope this was helpful. And I hope you find a way to take some time for yourself. Give yourself a love. Give yourself a hug and consider yourself loved. I think you are wonderful. Have a great day. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode. Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.